Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. When I was in college, one of the most distinctive thoughts I can remember having about many different subjects on, on many different occasions was, man, I, I wish I learned this earlier. And that was particularly true about uh, my religious education. Man, I, I wish my church taught me this before. Well, a few months ago, my parents uh, brought up tubs and tubs and tubs of old books and papers uh, from my high school days, grade school days, and, and confirmation. And as I was sorting through them, I, I saw a number of things, and I, I, I thought, wait, we learned that already in high school? Wait, I, I was taught that already back in confirmation? I did learn that? How did I, how did I not know this? Well, it, it could very well be the case that, A, I, I wasn't listening, or B, that I wasn't ready to receive it. I didn't have the faculty to even know or comprehend or even think about what I was being taught. It's like the first time I was given uh, fancy food at a banquet. I wanted to put ketchup over everything. When I was in first grade, my favorite food was uh, bread, cheese, and ketchup sandwich. Uh, well, now I really appreciate good food. What changed? The food didn't change. It stayed the same, and I don't think you'd say it was a matter of preference. Bad food is still bad food. My first time to a professional orchestra, the Minnesota Orchestra, I was so bored, but the girl sitting next to me, uh, well, she loved it. We both heard the same words, but she received it, and I didn't. It wasn't a problem with the music. It's not simply that I didn't like it. It wasn't a matter of preference. It's just that I wanted it to be something that it wasn't. I wanted it to conform to me. I wanted my music with ketchup. What I was taught in confirmation years ago is the same thing that I marvel at every time I teach it now. The material hasn't changed, but I did. Uh, I, I was finally able, or am more able, I, I say, uh, to appreciate it. I have been at least partly, reformed. It's this idea that I can, I can look at something, whether it's good food, good music, or especially for us today, the ultimate good, the word of truth, and have an appropriate response or reverence toward it. When we celebrate the Reformation, there is one thing that stays the same, and that's God's word. The motto of the Lutheran Reformation that began in 1517 was VDMA, Verbum Domini Manet in Eternum, or the word of the Lord endures forever. So the word didn't change. What changed was an appreciation for it. Only God's word has the power to create in me a clean heart. Only God's word has the power to restore what was corrupted, to take something that was dead then unable to appreciate or even receive the grace of God and to make it alive. But we so easily take God's word for granted. We so easily lose sight of what's in front of us that we don't have the proper response for it. 
This happened not only in the 1500s, uh, but it happened in ancient Israel. We heard in our Old Testament lesson uh, in Hezekiah's day, they had forgotten about the festival, festival of booths. Uh, this is one of ma- the major festivals of the church here. Uh, so it would be like us forgetting that Christmas was a thing. And so to realize this takes what happened in 1517 with Martin Luther, and it brings, not, it, it brings it not only into the present day, but it brings it into my very life. I need constant reformation. I constantly need to be taught the right response for God's word, because naturally I don't have it. I need to be formed in such a way as to be able to hold God's word rightly, to keep it steadfast, to keep steadfast in it, and, and to stop wanting to put ketchup on it. This is what Jesus is getting at in our gospel lesson. The, the first of all seems rather obscure. He says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing forcefully, and forceful people are seizing it. In fact, all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. If you are willing to receive it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. This comes right after Jesus has been told that John the Baptist is in prison. And so Jesus is saying that God's kingdom suffers violence. The world does not understand, nor does it even want to understand, God's kingdom. And so it persecutes that which it hates. And so it should not surprise us when the world has no regard for God's word. And this is actually one of the first areas which we need to have our inadequacy exposed. When someone doesn't receive the gospel, when we speak the gospel to them, we take it personally, don't we? And why? Because we think that that with my intellect, or my ability, combined with God's word, well, well, who could refuse that? We put the power on us. But God promises that not everyone will receive God's word. In fact, most will not. And many will go, even go out of their way to persecute it and to persecute us. And Jesus says, if you are willing to receive it, he, John, is Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. John the Baptist, like the prophet Elijah, was to prepare the way for the gospel. But they didn't receive it. And it wasn't a matter of them not being able to or or not having the right instruments, as if God just doesn't give some people the ability to receive the gospel. When I was young and wanted to put ketchup on everything, it was not as if I, I didn't have the proper utensils to eat good food. No, I had a fork and a spoon. I just did not have the proper response. I didn't want it. I didn't understand it. The qualification, the instrument for receiving God's word, is that you have ears. If you can hear or see or sense communication, you have the proper instruments to receive God's word. It doesn't take any special ability. God wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's word calls all people with equal urgency. But still, not all believe. Many shut their hearts to the voice of the Spirit. 
They have ears. They, they audibly hear the same words that you and I do, like two people at the same concert, but, but they don't hear. Jesus talks about these people next. He says, they're like children sitting in the marketplace who called to others. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. They're like kids who, who think they're too cool for anything because they don't want to have their insufficiencies exposed. If you played happy music for them, they'd want sad music. If you played sad music, they would want happy music. And Jesus says that the people of this generation, they want to decide what God should do. They want to decide whether God should dance or mourn. And so no matter what God does, no matter what the church does, nothing will make them happy. They will always hate God's word. No matter how peppy the music is, no matter how fun church is, no matter how much ketchup you put on it. The Pharisees, who helped throw John the Baptist in prison, saw John, who, who fasts all the time, who doesn't eat normal food, and they say, he's got a demon. They see Jesus, who, who's constantly eating with sinners, drinking with sinners, and having meals with sinners, and they say, he's a drunkard. They can't make up their mind. Demon, drunkard, ascetic, lawless. They hate John, and they hate Jesus. And is it really because they, they fast or they eat? Is it really a matter of preference? Of course not. They have ears, but they do not hear. They don't understand what is right in front of them. They don't have the right response. They have a banquet, and they want ketchup. They want God to conform to their will, not for God, through his word, to reform them. And we have the same problem. We don't understand grace. It's easy for us to understand the law. We get the law. And we want to enforce the law on others. And we think that by being a law keeper, that, that makes us good. But we have these scales on our eyes. We, we don't see what it is that we haven't kept. We don't see that it is impossible for us to be justified by works of the law. Like the Pharisees, we, we get the law, or we think we do. And so we come here and we, we want someone to, to just tell me how to live, to, to give me the ten steps to, to live a better life. We don't want to hear the gospel, because once I hear the gospel, then it's going to have a real impact on my life. It means I am not my own Savior. I am not as good, or as pious, or as virtuous, or reformed as I thought. And so for God to reform us is not simply a matter of knowledge. It's, it's not as if though we just had the right thoughts about God, then we'd be perfectly formed. Only a heart that has been crushed, crushed by God's law, can know what grace is. If, someone, if something is going to be reformed, there's going to be violence involved. For seal to be formed or reformed into a frame of a truck, it's going to have to endure violent blows. For marble, if it's going to be reformed into a statue, it again needs to be hammered and chiseled away at. Likewise, with God's Word, and when God works repentance in us, He reforms us. And so the violence that we suffer in this world can actually prepare us to receive the Gospel. Not just external violence, but the violence caused by my own sin and shown to me by the law. 
the knowledge of my own sin crushes me, just as it did for Martin Luther. Luther at first hated God because he knew that God was just and demanded perfection. And he was not, nor could he ever meet, the perfection that God demanded. The wages of sin is death. And for my sin, my Savior died. But God, out of his goodwill, can work good from evil. And so, ironically, the very same violence that Christ suffered opened heaven to those who inflicted this violence upon him. The violence you and I commit against Christ is the very same violence Christ used to save us. And that's the gospel. And this, ultimately, is how we are reformed. No amount of chiseling away at my sin will ever make me perfect. Rather, I need to be completely reformed. And in Jesus, I am. On the cross, Jesus suffered the full hammer blow of the wrath of God. The wrath of a just God. Jesus conformed to God's will to count His will as ours. Jesus was struck for my sin, but by His death I am brought peace. It's in Christ that we see the love of God, that God isn't an angry, wrathful judge who, who just wants to, to hurt us, to hurt us for our sin and force us to be the way He wants. But we see how, how beautiful and precious we are, how precious you are in the sight of God. In Christ, you are reformed into the image of God. He washes you in the renewing waters of baptism. He comes to you in bread that is His body and wine that is His blood. And this is a banquet that you don't change to suit your tastes. It changes you. You become what you eat. Perfectly formed by grace through the gospel. And so, you have nothing to gain in this world. But also you have nothing to lose. You have the gospel. Even though the kingdom of heaven suffers violence in this world, not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. The word of the Lord endures forever. And that will carry you on to the next. And so let this violent world that has no thanks for God's word, let them take everything. As Luther says in the final verse of A Mighty Fortress, The word they still shall let remain, nor any thanks have for it. He is by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Let these all be gone. They yet have nothing won. The kingdom ours remaineth. So let me close with this. What does it mean to revere and appreciate God's word? Jesus closes by saying wisdom is justified by her actions. You are justified by Jesus. But wisdom knows that it doesn't know everything. A wise person knows just how much he doesn't know. A foolish person thinks he knows everything, and so he prefers what he knows and prefers that which he understands because he can understand it. But a wise person values that which is above him. And so a proper response for God's word is, 
regarding it as above you. And so maybe you don't get everything. Maybe you don't uh, know everything about God's Word. Maybe some of it even bores you. But wisdom is desiring to appreciate and revere it more, to be reformed. As Jesus said, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and it will be opened to you. So may God give us a faith that regards his word as sacred. And may God keep us steadfast in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.